Ghostface is hands down the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> oh, God. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm kind of saying the opposite right now. But this is why, like, I think that Meth has some verses that are better than Ghostface verses. But Ghostface makes way better songs. Yeah, Ghostface has the best solo discography on the Wu-Tang, in my opinion. I agree with you. I think that's not even, I don't even think that's debatable. Yeah. Wait a minute, what, what did you say? I said that Ghostface has the best solo discography out of the entire Wu-Tang. The best solo discography? Yes. Uh, I disagree with that. Who? Who? Yeah, who? What are you a fucking owl over there? <laughs> <laughs> What's in you, brother? All right, listen. I, I would, I would say, with, uh, with, I, 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 I respect that. I'd say Ghostface is top three out of the woo for solo. I'd say who, who outs him? I, I'd have to say RZA. Mm. I think Bobby um. Digital is i mean bobby digital to me is like one of his greatest works i'd either say that or jizza jizza has liquid swords and he has um after that but i'm saying like ghostface has fifth scale he has only built for cuban links like he has iron man i'd say only built for cuban links is like his like his one though like i i don't think that I, I don't know. I mean, but he's got bulletproof wallets. He has that album that he did with Bad Bad No Good. I mean, not Bad Bad No Good, the, the Sour Soul album. Yeah, Bad Bad Not Good. Yeah. That's my favorite album of his. You got more fish. Did I already say fish scale? Like, Ghostface has a crazy solo discography. He does. Like I said, top three. <clears throat> but I maybe second. Maybe second. Like, doesn't have the solo discography. He doesn't have enough albums. Get this. Yeah, he's got he's got more, but quantity doesn't always be quality. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a good that's a good debate. I think like Goldface has at least six classic albums. I can't say just has them. Exactly. At least, and I'm saying at least he has at least six. Yeah, I don't think that that one is debatable. I think that Ghost has the most. I think that Raekwon has maybe the most classic solo, like the most classic solo project, but Ghost has the most. Mm. He's the Ghost I with the most. I feel Method Man sometimes because his first album was made while he was on tour. So, and you can hear that it didn't have the same focus and attention that the rest of the first <laughs> album did. So I felt like he kind of gets a bad rap on the solo tip. Like me, I'd rather hear Method Man rap with other people than rap by himself. I feel like he brings it more. I think that like his groupmates bring the best out of him. Like for real, for real, I think Red Man brings the best out of him. But if it's not Red Man, I would say Ray Oh. Uh. The Red Man again? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Let's not dive into that again. Because <laughs> not 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 a person here can recite a red man verse more than two or three red man verses. Let's be real. Tip skills. 
<laughs> Y'all are hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Red Man is not better than Biggie. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Biggie. Biggie, Biggie was a better story. Hey, I'm sorry, just watching right into that. He was like, no, we opening this chapter again. <laughs> now nah, we ain't opening this chapter. This one's closed. Yeah. Red, Red Man is not even better than the Dead Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I even love, like, uh, even some of Ghostface's, um, like, like just like remixed albums or whatever. Like he has a he has a whole mixtape of uh, I forgot the guy's name. He's like this insane talented like like composer where he took all like real real instrument like real musicians and like and it wasn't bad bad not good. It was a different project, but they like or- orchestrated like all his shit for like a lot of his a lot of his hits. It was pretty fucking dope. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna try to find it right now. Um, but yeah, the guy's like insane. Um, really talented cat. I think that Biggie was a better songwriter than Redman. I mean, I think that Redman had stronger delivery. I think Biggie probably has more flows. And I think that Biggie has albums that had bigger impacts. But as far as, that's the thing too, that I don't like about hip hop when people die, I feel like you automatically get put on a pedestal. A lot of Biggie shit did not age well at all. He is one of the most influential MCs ever, but like a lot of his shit didn't age well. That's a part of the gamble. Listen, I'll agree with that. Because we we don't need, we don't need L bringing out the, the lyrics page and talking about fucking people in their Let ass. Let me read the verse. Let me read the verse. We don't need to read the verses. We all know the verses. <laughs> uh, fuck them in they ass, throw them over a bridge. Like, what the fuck are you talking is, about? Uh, that's crazy. I can't go. That shit's crazy. <laughs> but, but, we all know he wasn't doing that shit. How he wasn't, he wasn't doing it, dude. Half the rappers weren't doing that shit, man. They Bro, just it's the name of the song. It's just it's just for show, dude. It's just for show. It's just for show. I, I mean, we we I was making fun of Tupac. I was dude, the end of hit him up, man. Come on, we all that's that's hilarious in a way. Like, dude is just dude's going off for like five minutes. The engineer's probably like, all right, Pac, like, are you done like going off on everyone? Like I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to that shit, but he's sitting there saying all that shit too, right? It's My not. Purple, make sure all y'all kids don't grow, but then he, but then he has a song called "Keep Your Head Up." Like, you know what I mean? You get just like, oh, I gotta take it with the great, great man. Thing. Pac was a conflicted individual, and to keep it one hundred, right? In order to to be a successful revolutionary, especially on the Black Panther tip, you got to be both. You got to be conscious and gay. Yes. Yes. You have to be Martin Luther. Who, who said that? You got to be Martin Luther King and Malcolm X combined, right? You got to be like the poet, but you also got to be the fucking, you know, gun at the window. Right? Like, I get that part, Skills, but my, my whole thing is like, 
do we all can we all sit here and really be like, did, did Biggie fuck kids in their ass and throw them over bridges? Well, in his probably defense, not. He, he did that. He said that C got did that. Correct. Again, again, we we don't know that for sure. If, I mean, whether it's him or whether it's his, like they whether it's his best people. friend. They used to pull sick people in New York. That used to be a thing. Like even Nas said it on Get Down. He said some people fuck the enemies in the ass when they catch them. Like that. That's a real Nas lick. That's a real thing. I'm not saying I condone it or I think that that should be a thing, but But that's but skills. That's what I mean, though. Is don't you think that the majority of the time it's for like show, like it's a theater? That's a weird way to show. I don't think anybody has ever gone that far. No, come on, Maybe dude. Pool stick now, Summers. It had this, not here, but in New York. The the. Don't you know my homie got to kidnap kids, duck them in the, throw them over a bridge? Like, okay, so that's that again. Like, you know, it's still like messed up. Like, who's gonna like? If I pulled up at a stoplight and I was bumping that, blasting that song, and that and that part of the song was just blasting, and someone looked over, they'd be like, "What the fuck is this guy listening to? <laughs> like, who is this?" And I could be like, "Oh no, 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 it's cool, it's Biggie." He's one of the greatest of all time. It's okay. I'd rather say my fofo make sure all y'all kids don't grow. No, I don't think it's okay. Like, I really don't even <laughs> listen, man. The lesser of two evils. It's the lesser of two evils here. I don't listen to him like that anymore because of what he said about Raven Simone. I always thought that he said Nina Simone. And as I got older, I realized he said Raven Simone. And it's like, you know, like I get like shock value and all that, but like you can't talk about a child like that. Oh, yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. That, that's, see, that's what I mean. It's like you're. Totally, totally right with a lot of that didn't age well. You can say that about a lot of fucking artists, though, dude. Like, a lot of artists. But I, I get it, though, man. I get it. And I'm sure it's like, again, we're, we're on the outside looking in. And I was, like, very impressionable at 10, 11 years old listening to those lyrics. Like, I was, I was, I was, in, I was in seventh grade listening to Hit Em Up. Like, L. I mean, where, like, where was your head when you were listening to that? Were you, like... I was in elementary school. I was you know what I mean? Like, your mind is, is in, in another place when you're listening to the songs when you're in high school. Yeah, I was in elementary school. Actually, I used to like the song when we ride on our enemies, too. Oh, yeah. See, but that's the thing. is, I, And we've joked about this. It's like, here's me, married with two kids, and I pull up with, when we ride on our enemies. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I, I, like this, I like the song because, like, I like the song because of Pac's, like, voice, his flow. Like, just the overall general feel of the song. It's just a good track. Like the beat's good. It's you know what I mean. But it's also, yeah. Like the lyrics are pretty. Like you know, like he's basically, you know, you got sickle cell. Like he's thought, like he's really <laughs> taking personal shots at people and about killing the Fugees. <sighs> man, like, like bitch, I'll catch, you, I'll catch your face and say in a motherfucking movie, like. <laughs> Jesus, dude, take it easy, man. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, hit me with some more Keep Your Head Up and hit me with some more with, like, you know, Temptations and Dear Mama and, like, all the tracks that we all, like, love that side of Pac. But, yeah, Skills, you're right. There's a lot of people that not necessarily are, like, against that side, but it's just more or less, like, I, I'm, I'm, I understand more now that I'm older and I, you know, it's not – it's not a matter of like whether his lyrics were right or wrong. It was just, I think that certain things do need to just 
be screamed in someone's face sometimes like you know and maybe that's the way he felt at the time was like you know some people aren't listening or to my message or you know what i have to say and i'm gonna say it this way and maybe it'll get their attention like who knows what biggie was thinking when he wrote those lyrics down like what do you think he was doing when he was sitting down talking about i know people that'll kidnap kids and like what was he what was he doing with his life at that moment when he wrote that lyric? Like, he, was, he, he did hit him. <laughs> 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 about his uh the stuff on hit him up. And he was saying that um basically he didn't write any of that down. He was just in the studio blowing up to keep from really killing them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, right, right. That was a, the Ghostface Killer track with uh, the orchestration. Uh, it's Adrian oh, yeah. Young. Adrian Young. I've heard, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I've heard that name before, Adrian Young. Yeah, he has a project. Adrian Young, we have 12 Reasons to Die. Blood on the Cobblestones is fucking crazy. I love okay. that edition. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Adrian Young. I'll go, yeah, I'll go check him out. Yeah. It's, uh, it, the Young is spelled weird. It's Y-O-U-N-G-E. Yeah. With an E on the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think that Biggie lyric is, I don't know, it stands out. That one and the Raven Simone one. And then the whole, um, that one with Eminem still too stands out to me to this day too. That's a pretty dark song too. Like, what line did he say on that? I don't remember shit. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about like, fucking hookers or something like that something along those lines i'm trying let me think of the uh he's like um shit i'm having a brain fart now he's like uh, oh yeah 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 hit uh beat the or uh, fuck what did he say hit the indonesia beat you to a seizure <laughs> then fuck your moms it's like dude what the fuck man like Listen, I'm I'm all about your mama jokes, but dude, that's that's like that's like going straight to the triple dog there. Like, all right, you skipped a lot of steps there, bud. Then he's talking about putting a broom up your brother ass. Yeah, a broom up the ass. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Again, like uh like you you just wonder what was like going on at the time and like what what was possibly going through his brain as he wrote those lyrics like yeah like this is this is gonna sound cool it's gonna sound dope you know he wasn't thinking like oh in 2024 there's gonna be four dudes four musicians sitting around talking about my lyrics you know like he wasn't thinking about that shit like he was just writing it you know like i must have been the combination the house of pain and bobby browns i was jumping around I was humping around and jumping around. <laughs> I asked her who's the man, and she said B-I-G. Then I bust in the E-Y-E. I'm dead wrong, yo. <laughs> okay, now that's like, I mean, that's not as bad as some of the shit that people say today. Come on, let's be real. Like the broomstick and the asses and shit, yeah. I mean, I'll, that like people ain't bouncing around no, on stage. The king is taking it too far. Pause. Yeah, I mean well, the whole the whole wickedness freestyle. Yeah, niggas say I'm pussy. I dare you to stick your dick in this. I would never say that. Crazy. <laughs> what? Hey yo, uh, if I was pussy, I'd be filled with syphilis. Oh, 
Gone to Rika. Chlamydia. Getting rid of you. No, son. Uh, can't do it. <laughs> oh, shit. I was going to say, actually, I'm going to send that over after we get off. I, I thought it was hilarious. It was a compilation of, uh, it just said at the top, battle rappers can be anything they want to be. And then they just did little clips of everyone saying, I'm a trash man. I'm a what? And then it's like, they cut out right before they say the punchline or the metaphor to it. It's like, I'm a janitor. I'm a whatever. And so just like, <laughs> like, how many? Yeah, I'm a Chinese funny. acrobat. All blah, 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 blah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Did you see the one where Disaster was battling Dumbfounded and he wore a Shaolin Monk um, costume? What? No. <laughs> That's he put on a Shaolin Monk costume and was like, I'm more Asian than you. Oh, my gosh. Disaster. <laughs> but he's he's the most theatrical of, like, them all. If you if you ask me, I think disaster. As much as a, I hate a lot of his antics, he, that dude, as far as battle rap, in the last ten years, that guy is like that guy's it, one of the best. I don't care what anyone says. That dude, I mean, considering the whole cannabis thing too, like that just even up up the like you know persona of him. Like you you literally forced like one of, in some people's eyes, like one of the greatest like lyricists into like a corner of getting out his notepad during that i mean yeah that was crazy 300 pages of rhymes <laughs> that's crazy but then the other thing too i thought about that whole thing that i don't i don't think we ever talked about on that part of it was like how he there was like this moment of like not humbleness but he was just kind of like yo like he's like i can't i can't remember all this shit he was like i can't remember three rounds of like three minutes Versus four minute versus five minute like five minutes of just straight like punchlines battle raps. I mean, he, he said that during the before he pulled out the pad. He I was like, no, he's like, no one can memorize all that shit. If people didn't react, which you can't, you can't have a battle where people don't react. I think if if there were no reactions, or if this was like during COVID, I don't think he would have choked. You feel me? Because you might have wrote for four minutes, but it's not four minute rounds. These are like ten minute rounds. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he was like, you know, what I mean that. That's a, and that is a lot, though. I mean, it is when you think about it. I mean, I can't write that much material about another man. I know, and like memorize all that, and like you got the, you got everyone's eyes on you. Like, I mean, skills. No, I mean, skills. You grew up. Yeah. I mean, you're a battler. You know, it's like you're on the spot. Everyone's staring at you. It's like you have a million freaking punchlines and metaphors running through your head, and you have to like please the crowd but like still remain focused on your opponent of like the theatrics part of it and like ripping them apart but it's also like i get it but it was also just a i don't know it was a moment where i was like man like i i get it but it's also like i'm sure it's really fucking embarrassing for him to have to like say that in front of all those people too you know like i don't know it was one of those moments just one of those moments Does anybody else think he he beat LL? No. Uh. I mean, he won the battle, but he lost the war. That's what I mean. Like, I thought, uh, I thought shit was better than LL. I don't know. I'm kind of because he also did that verse acapella too, didn't he? In that famous cipher circle with yeah, Big Pun and DM. Cipher with Big Pun, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's like you it's mostly remembered for that 
sus line. You ain't got the heart to eat a nigga ass. What'd he say? Did he say eat or rip? I'm pretty sure he said eat. I think he said eat. He yeah. definitely eat. One of the most sus lines in rap history. <laughs> but we can all, but we all are like, okay, come on. He's just like talking about eating. He, I, obviously, he's talking about like, you know, ripping this dude apart lyrically. Yeah. Well, didn't mean that back then. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way, yo. That's the way I'm taking it. I like. I'm like, yo. I, I eat this. I eat this motherfucker. It's no different than being like, I eat this motherfucker alive, man. I eat, I I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. And his asshole. And your asshole. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I've never said that, bro. Like, uh, no, 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 no one else has said it. it. I I agree with you totally, Skills. I'm just I'm fucking with I'm just saying, like I, that, you know, we, we all know the meaning. It's just kind of like, yeah, he probably could have worded it a little little bit different than that. But I mean, again, in the moment, like he was feeling that verse. I don't know. Shit. Nah, man. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got, I got real quiet. I still can't roll with that, man. Still can't roll with that. Impressed at LL, but I would not be rapping along and singing that part. Like, sure. Nah. I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> I think I only gets credit for that battle because he's a famous person. And and then also he said that line like ninety nine percent of your fans don't exist. That was crazy. Uh, and I think that gave him the battle. If he even wrote the verse though. That's the thing. <laughs> Because I think once you once you cross the line into having people write your stuff, because he had did an album with 50 that, that never came out, where 50 like wrote an album for him. So to me, once you cross that line of you know having other people write your stuff, then you forever, you know, you're out of the greatest MC debates, put it that way. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. What's up? My individual, you still on track to, to release all your shit by the end of the year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm still shooting for the 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 first. I like the 31st, but the first is what the I was originally like first of the year. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting on one piece of artwork so my my dude's like working overtime right now for me so um and with the holiday press too like um it's the same guy like i said that's been doing a lot of my stuff and he's like changed his style over the last year and uh i really really like the direction like he's going with this these particular pieces yeah um so it's 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 my personal project, and then the one I'm doing with Duma, he's doing that album cover too. So he's doing two separate album covers for me. Like, oh, um, cool. But he's yeah, he's he's in the zone right now. So he's he's keeping me updated and stuff, and everything's like looking 
pretty fucking rad. Um, I'm really happy with it. And, uh, but yeah, I, everything's done. Like everything's recorded. Um, and everything just needs to be just, I'm just brushing over. That's what I'm doing tonight. Matter of fact. So I'm just, I'm still brushing up everything and just fine tuning everything. And yeah, the tedious part is the uploading everything. I hate that part. Like doing the whole distro kit and like, yeah, like having to like type in everything and like, <laughs> you know, like, how does this person have a Spotify? Is, is it this link? You got to copy paste. It's just like all this stuff you got to yeah. do for that part. I like, I hate that part. Did you breathe when you made this track? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, oh my God. And then you're like double, you like, you up, you put it on the distro and you're like, wait a minute. And you think you uploaded the wrong song or something. You have to like go back into your folders. It's just like, it's a fuck. You guys know it's just a fucking. It's a lot. It's just the part I, it's the, it's the part I dislike the most. So yeah. I'll, say, I'll just say that, but, um, they made a mobile yeah, app for it. Everything else is, is pretty much done though. So that's dope. And they recently made a mobile app for this show kid. I haven't used it yet, but I'm like, yeah, I was like, I don't know if it's going to make it any easier, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I do everything. yeah, I do. I still do everything on my laptop. I don't know that the, cause they have the, um, they have a, they have a mobile app. Why didn't I even think of to go look for one? Don't. I just saw an email. They're like, "Hey, download the app." I said, "What? I didn't know y'all had one." <laughs> so I downloaded it. I know that's why it's this is news to me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna fuck with that. I I don't know if I'd fuck with that. I mean, the laptop is super. I mean, it's still again tedious, but it's like it is what it is. But yeah, I feel like I feel like if if it's that if they if I have that much of a headache with the laptop, I think the I think I'd want to throw my phone in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like damn it, Mix one point five is on there. Friendly. Second of all, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, clear all your earlier mixes you listen to on your phone before you download your masters <laughs> to it. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'd fuck my whole shit up. I'd be like, man, I could go back and mix everything back down again. Like I'm not doing that. <laughs> right, right. I don't blame you. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm, 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 like I said, I, I think I'm more just excited to just like finally get this another big freaking uh, dump, all, you know, dump all these songs out into the world. You know, it's, it's, it's gonna feel good to just get rid of all this and get it out and and get it off my hard drive and yeah, onto new stuff. So that's fire. Yeah. Yep. So, like I said, I think, um, yeah, you're the. I was gonna have one more artist on that Duma project, but you're you're actually the only you are the only uh, feature on that album. Sweet. So, there you go, sir. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, because the last two were just were just us. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I still made all the beats and stuff, but it's just it was just him and I the whole the whole time. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, dude. And yeah, that that track is still still really like. Like I said, dude, you really, you definitely like put that sauce on there that it needed. So, Appreciate but, it. yeah, yeah, digging it. But yeah, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. That energy across borders beat that 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 shit was fire from the last project y'all did with Duma. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorites too. That, that, like, ooh, ooh, ah, like that <laughs> opera woman singing. Yeah, was like, yeah. I just had to flip that one real quick, but. You know when you find that nice, just that nice little groove is easy, even if it's just like one little hit like that. Yeah, it's, it makes the whole song. 
it really does sometimes. Yeah, we were, we were just listening to some of L Summer samples the other day. We're like, "Whoa, where did you get that?" <laughs> that sounded crazy. Telling, I think I think L's like holding out on us because <laughs> Skills like plays his beats for us all the time. I think L's like one of them producers that just sits back, like Doom, just sits back in the cut with like a hundred joints, just like somewhere sitting on his hard drive, like crazy samples and shit, just like letting us do our thing. Like, all right, all right. Did you? I, you know, um, you know what I meant to mention to you, Ski. You remember? Remember that song that um, that Ski Beats did for Camp Low? I think it's called "This Is It." Uh, oh boy, I wish I could play that. I wish I remember the name of it. What's it? What's it called? Uh, Lucini. Do you remember that song? Um, Bright. What's the, what's the name of it? Uh, it's called Lucini. It's Camp Low. It was produced by um, Ski Beats. You said no. No, no, play it, play it. Maybe I do. Play it real quick if you can on your end. Give me a second. I'm I'm playing it. I'm saying this because that little device that I sent you the other day, he yep. re-ate this beat on that device. On that one? Yes. Dude, it, I, oh, by the way, I was going to tell you that, hey, uh, that dude, yeah, he's uh, a, a Greg, hey, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. dude, 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 that dude is, man, he's been, um, He's one of them dudes too that kind of like wasn't really super posting a lot when I first started following. Then he just like gained a huge following the last like couple of years I saw. <laughs> but he that dude is that dude's dope, man. He's got a lot of I love his gear right. setup too. He's got a nice little setup there in a the studio. Uh, I like it. He's got all his little figurines and shit like I do. He's got like his you know his like all that shit set. I, I love that. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah, dude! I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. So he he reproduced that song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song actually always comes up on like a lot of my playlists on Spotify. But yeah, that beat is crazy, dude. Yeah. So he that little device he reproduced it on there. It sounds really good. Sounds really. Does good. it sound better than the original one? Um, it's hard to tell because you know that one would have been this one is mastered. I mean, and everything, but it still sounds good coming out of that little device. It sounds yep. really good. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, and see those those things too. Like uh, like you said, it's like. Um... Oh, by the way, I need to. I still need to check out that koala. I've been wanting to get on that koala shit, but um, like you said, dude, it's it's like uh, each machine has um you know has that sound i uh, another video came across it was uh who did uh who did uh the dead presidents that's ski beats too yeah is that ski okay so that's why i came across too but he was on the he did that beat on the sp he did it on the sp 1200, 1200 and the, yeah and, and i was I, like i was like man that even just wa watching that you know grainy video of him just sitting there and he talking about the beat and stuff was just really cool like um um you know like just 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 think about the sound and stuff you know every every sound every uh gear has its sound you know it really it really does and like i just been thinking about it a lot more since we had our little conversation last time when we hopped off but i was thinking about that and i was just like man that was really cool like think about how many like beats that we all love that are you know that were produced on like certain I was just in gears and stuff, and it just has that like sound. Um, who another guy that came across did the the um 
back to Cali, going going back back to Cali. Did, God, did 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 um. So that's Easy Mo B. I'm sorry, not Easy the same. Mo, yeah, yeah. So what did he do that beat on? Easy Mo B uses exclusively the SP1200. Okay, so that was another SP1200 beat. See, and there's just like, and I'm thinking about the Dead Presidents beat, right? And then I'm thinking about the going back to Cali beat, and I'm like, like literally comparing them in my brain, and I'm like, man, like they do kind of like have that sound, you know? And then like SP1200, DJ Premier, and we talked about Knife Wonder and Fruity Loops. Like, there's just a certain sound with producers that they get when they use whatever is their favorite gear or whatever, you know? And, I would say that the SP1200 probably, I was telling them before you came on that the SP1200 probably makes more hits on, on accident than most gear does on purpose. Oh, that's a, man, that's a good, that, that, that's a nice little sound bite right there. I like that. We were yeah. listening to flavor in your ear and look at, look at how simple that beat is. Yep. Flavoring therapy yep. is crazy yep. simple. You know who another guy's that's crazy simple is Manny Fresh for Cash Money all those years. He made he, all his shit on like a what? Well, oh, don't tell me SP. If you tell me SP twelve hundred, I'm gonna fucking hang up. He's he. He's, I will send you a video when we get off. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. But that dude, I'll tell you what. That dude still to this day gets praise from a lot of producers. I mean that guy. He and, and again, like, made a lot of those cash money, like, you know, blame, like, what had it had six, seven, eight sounds. That's it. Yeah. Six, six or seven sounds. And that's it. But he, but he was able to, like, produce. I mean, he was, I mean, multi platinum, dude. Like, you know, like, on yeah. something like that. So, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Also, was a user of the SP1200. Yeah. It makes me, like, I was telling them that my, my mentor, he started his the majority of his career that like when he really took off, he was on the SP twelve hundred, and he said only got rid of it because it started breaking down on him. It just constantly started breaking down on him and hmm. just moved on to other gear. But before he passed away, one of the pieces that he wanted to get when he recovered was the SP twelve hundred. He was like, "Yo, I'm just gonna go back to it." Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, that's that's freaking cool, man. I like um oh, and, and 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 yeah, and every producer is different. I mean every producer is like, you know, it gives you I mean, at least today, now nowadays it's like, man, you know, we we're spoiled. And that's that's what I told you from the beginning with this, you know, this this next year project with my 2000 is not being spoiled and going and literally going back to a dinosaur age of like learning how to do something that not a lot of people know how to do producers these days know how to do. And I, I and I and I wanna be able to like have this on my tool belt going forward. So it's like, you know, I don't I don't look at it like a like it's don't get me wrong, dude. The live will always be like my baby. Like I I the live is like the shit. I mean you know in terms of workflow the shit. it doesn't have but, a unique character sound to it. In terms dude, of workflow is is amazing. Yeah. The workflow is uh, fucking amazing. It's like, it's so easy. And, but the 2000 though, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's putting, I'm literally going back in, in a time machine and sitting in front of this thing. And it's cool. And I, I am so humbled too, to know that like so many amazing producers that I probably will never reach their level have, you know, have worked with a machine like this. And I just am 
like honored to just even have one and be able to like go on a journey with one, you know, like, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, the SP 1200, man, that's, that's, that's just a, yeah, I, I I'm like, just, man, I, I, I'm falling in love with that thing now. Like, you know, like, man, maybe I get one in a few years or something. Man, I'm thinking about it. Seriously. I just don't know. For me, I just don't know how it will go in terms of spending four or five grand on one. I just, it's just a lot. You know what I mean? What are they, go, what are they going for used? Like 25, three? No, the, the used ones are They'll all. retain their value? Well, no, the used ones are all like five, like they, they like 5,000. It's cheaper to get a new one because the newer ones are basically the remakes. They were made, they're made by the guy, uh, David Rossum. And so he's the one that made the original, the original one. Okay. And so you would do better off getting a new one because then you would at least get, you know, like a warranty and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you wanted one with... 10 seconds of sample time or the ones with five seconds of sample time some of them go up to like eight thousand in some Gee. cases that's how, yeah they actually cost more not less that's and they have less sample time they have less sample time because the new ones have 20 seconds of sample uh -huh. time that's like spoiling you oh you yeah know? that's like that's that's more than enough i mean 10 10 seconds is like a that's a lot too yeah you know, I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot too for sure. But yeah, that's wow, that's a that's a lot. I didn't think there were that much. Jesus. Yeah. So the the cheapest way to go about it <clears> is <throat> to get one for. Let me go to Reverb right now and see what they're going. The cheapest way to go about it, in my opinion, is to just get a new one for four grand. So that way you get some warranty because mm -hmm. as my mentor told me, they break down. So yeah. Fuck if you want. And, and I bet you those things are probably like. I mean, I'm just guessing, but considering maybe they're like a little bit more expensive to get fixed than some of the other gear that might exist today or something. I mean, just because of how old it is and maybe there's not as many readily available parts. And if there are, they might be super expensive. I don't know. I mean, so the cheapest one on the cheapest SP 1200 right now, old school one came out in 88, I guess. <clears throat> the cheapest one is I see. Is for five thousand nine hundred, and it was at seven thousand eight hundred. Damn. Yeah, the that's pretty. That's pretty steep. 6, and these are the, so the cheapest way to go. Literally, is to get a new one for four thousand, which is three nine 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 nine. That's literally like the cheapest way to go is to get a new one because if you want one of these old ones, you're gonna pay. It was five thousand, but now it looks like they they seven and eight thousand, and so there's no way. <laughs> There's no way around it. You know what I mean? There's no way around it. Um, That's crazy. So now I'll just be using the, the uh, SP1200 um, mode in my machine <laughs> as an SP1200 mode. I'll just be using that. I know it probably doesn't sound like the original one, but God damn. Oh, yeah. They got, a, uh, <laughs> they got that on the live. Yeah, they have a lot you know who you, you know who uses this the ring? Or like uh kind of that ambiance a little bit is uh Kev Brown. I'm not familiar with him for whatever reason. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's got, yeah, he runs with uh <coughs> excuse me. Um yeah, Odyssey and uh, okay. Okay. Star and all those guys, yeah. But 
anyways, yeah, he I think he he's just like kind of like that effect, like uh, especially a lot of his early stuff. Like, um, uh, you should go check out his album called uh, "I I Do What I Do." Um, yeah, that yeah that album's classic. Yeah, that's definitely a classic for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that album. Um, but he but he does a lot like his beat. I mean, right away you'll you'll hear like you'll hear like his style. And just just the first like three or four songs of that album, you'll you'll hear exactly because he 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 rhymes too, so he does the beat the beats and the rhymes. But um, which I think he actually is another one we haven't really mentioned a whole lot. But uh, he definitely is like up there with me with uh, the ones that do the, that do both. I think he's one of the one of, in like top five if you ask me. Wow. Like, yeah, his yeah. Bass, his bass lines alone, I feel like I was seeing what you sound too. Oh my god, his bass lines are like fucking yeah, yeah. Great. i'm glad you mentioned that yeah he's he's amazing he's amazing yeah, area that i'm working on like i want to get my bass to sound like either early nights night wonder or better than knots because knots has some crazy bass lines too i was listening to uh this song i don't know how this song escaped me it's get out by buster rhymes i i, don't, I never heard it before but wait, 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 what, uh, what song it's called get out by Buster, by, by Buster Rounds. How does it go? Let me see if I can play it. Uh, give me one second. Oh man, Jay Powell coming through with the baseline. I, dude, you're not the. I swear, I've had this conversation with someone else, but someone mentioned one, like one, one other time in my life, and they were like, "Man, Kev Brett, like his baseline." I'm like, "I know, dude. Like he just, like he is. He's just like he's mastered, like especially that part of it. Like he just has the grooves. Like, but yeah, he's." He's up there with me too. He's like def- definitely top, like maybe top top five, I'd say, but like at least, at least maybe top, top maybe six or seven. But yeah, he's he's up there. What you trying to do, man? Oh, daddy, I told you. So what? Remarkable sound. Yeah, such a remarkable sound. Let's go get down now. Yeah, check it out. Such a remarkable sound. This was the same. Wait a minute. What album is this on? It came out in uh, 2000. <laughs> Yeah, I know y'all probably can't hear the bass line over the joint, but the bass line, and this is crazy. Baseline, this is crazy, and I like those baselines from Knife Wonder on the listening. They, that was crazy. It seemed like he stopped doing that after the menstrual show. His baselines became less crazy, but his baselines during that period, like listening and menstrual show, crazy. But I, this, this apparently was a single, and I don't know how I never heard this song before. Yeah, well, that's what I was asking you. What uh, is it on? That's what I was asking you. Is it on like? Uh, I'm not sure the name of the album. I, I know it came out in 2000. So whichever album he did, 
Okay. The camera on 2000 is on that one. Okay. I'm just trying to think of that. I'm like, extinction level event. Um, what was that? Um, is that the one on Interscope, the Bing Bang Theory? No, no. Yeah. It's the Big Bang Theory. It's before the Big Yeah, yeah. Yeah, before the Big Because that has my joint on it. I like that cocaine. I played that for y'all before. That song is fucking crazy. I'm back in it just like a minister. <laughs> yeah, he's another like crazy skilled, but he doesn't show up on a lot of people's favorite rapper list. But he's crazy skilled. Like he's obviously like a super talented MC. But he's not for whatever reason, he's not somebody that shows up on a lot of people's uh like top five MC list. I think Buster Rhymes is way better than Red Man. I think he's way better than Red Man. I just I just think his rhyme, like he actually rhymes. Like sometimes Red Man will go fucking bars without rhyming, and I don't, I don't like that shit. Is he better than Quali? Is better. better than Quali? Just kidding. I, I was just trying to real skills. <laughs> There's a fire. <laughs> no, Buster I, 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 last album though was ass. I, I didn't I didn't hear it. The last one I really listened to fuck with him was uh I think it was that. I think it was like early two thousands, like because what 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 was it? It was the extinction level event and there's like one before that or after that that was Big Theory. Too. That's the last one I really got into is the Big Bang Theory. I like the, the um extinct, extinction level two. Oh yeah, yeah that, good. okay, number two was pretty good too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Block this new shit you released this year, Blockbuster? Oh my god. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sound like a, an extinction level event happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you got oh, extinct man. making it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I guess I'm just, I guess sometimes I get so stuck in like just the old shit so much. Sometimes I'm like, uh. I'm stuck in the old stuff. If somebody makes some good shit, like Nas, he made good shit. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I'll, I'll mess with some of that news. Not all of it, but Nas is still, yeah, like that, uh, the Hit Boy stuff is, is, is good. That string, the strings of albums were pretty good. King's Disease and all that. I, I didn't, like, listen, listen. I just, I listen. The last real one from Nas that I really listened to was the one that, that was that six or seven track he did with Kanye. Oh, man, that's a shame. Because Kanye kind of yeah, yeah. Not, I don't want to say it was trash, but yeah. There was could, a, you got to admit there was a few. There was a a few good ones on there. A few yeah, good ones, not the whole album. Kanye went through a, a string of fucking up albums at that particular time in his life. He fucked up. What? I said some people feel like he ruined Taylor's career. Oh yeah, the both people. Yeah, the pretty much like redid the entire album without her like knowing and shit. Like yeah, 
Yeah. Wait a minute, yeah. what happened? And then everyone's like, yo, you fuck with your album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He made well like he he was working on a project with her and um supposedly everything that he showed her, he like pretty much backlogged and did a whole new series of beats of production and it just didn't like it didn't sound good. Like it didn't work. But Tiana didn't even know. So like the album came out and she didn't even know what the fuck happened with the production. You know? Oh man, that's messed up. Yeah, and a lot of people were like, yo, this is trash. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that he did that? That's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. How could feel- you even like do that? Like how how would you how would you? You said how would say how that again? Just arrogance, you know, just feeling like I know what's best and, you know, I'm the producer and whatever. Just plain arrogance. You know, and he's probably done, made changes like that before and things have worked out, you know. But, I mean, look at how he trolled Drake. Like, that song where he did the poopity scoop thing, that was supposed to be Drake's track. And Yo took that shit and Basically trolled the fuck out of Drake, and did that poopity scoop. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why Drake don't fuck with you. <laughs> I told you I haven't listened to a, uh, I haven't listened to a Drake song all the way through, from beginning to end, ever. Not one song. His best album to me is "Nothing Was the Same." With the blue background, I think that's his. I think that's his very best, like piece of work. Yeah, I think so. We talked about Bill, that. How do you feel about Drake? I like his music. I wouldn't say he's the best. <laughs> you can't be the best MC. You got ghostwriters, but um, I like his music. I listen to his music. Do you do you blast his music? Yeah. I think it's impressive that he's been relevant for as long as he's been. I think that's pretty goddamn impressive, you know. But yeah. I also I also have never watched Game of Thrones either, so that might tell you something too. <laughs> I guess I just like to not do four or five days depends on it. what everyone else likes. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, it's crazy, though. They did do a poll. And it, like, like, statistically speaking, I, I literally am like like a 1% of people that has, has never watched Game of Thrones, apparently. It took me a while before I got into it. I had to watch the pilot like three four times. Kept falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> but no, like, the, the show is insane. Like, it's it deserves all of its acclaim. You know, there's some scenes in it where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe they just showed that. Like, yeah, some crazy shit. Is it better than Breaking Bad? It's different. Like, I feel like it's just too different of a genre for me to say what's better. Breaking Bad is probably my, arguably my favorite television show. I just think there's so much genius that happened on that show and it birthed, like, all these other shows. Um, so I probably enjoy Breaking Bad more, but it's a very different show than Game of Thrones. So, 
Because Game of Thrones was on book, you know what I mean, until they got off book. So, kind of a different scenario. Like, what's better, like Godfather or Braveheart, you know? It's like, it's just different. (laughs) Queen's Gambit was like the last real good one. Oh, the chest joint? Yeah, the chest one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to see Rebel Moon the next thing on my list. Let's do part one tonight. Man, I've been watching this TD Jake stuff. It's been it's been kind of funny and sad. Yo, did you see that Tank changed his name? No. So apparently his name is Abdul Wahid now. Oh my gosh! Really? He didn't want to. He didn't want to show up on the Epstein list. Is that why he changed the name? That's crazy. I love my city, yo. But people got to relax with all this heat and shit. He bought. Um. He bought his neighborhood to make house living more affordable for people, and then they burnt the houses that he bought. Now. What? Wait a minute. What? Yo, this just happened, yo. This happened like two days ago. Wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time because that's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, say, what'd you say? He bought his old neighborhood so he could make living more affordable. And then they caught on fire like a day later. Tank or tank? tank. Yeah. Wait a minute. Who, who, wait a minute. who are we talking about? That, what, what are we talking about here? The boxer, Javante Davis from Baltimore. And then the they and then and then they burned the neighborhood. I haven't been over there, yo, so I don't know if it burned all the way down, yo. But I know the- I'm thinking it burned all the way down, but still, the fact that they had a fire on the block the next day to the point where several of the houses were damaged, or at least one or two. We know they were houses, so if one house gets damaged in the middle, then it, it just trickles down. It just trickles down, so. Just assumed that three houses were damaged at minimum. Yo, what do you what do you think about those skills? I have an opinion on that, but I got past you. This is just your city. <laughs> I, I just think that it's just hatred, bro. I think that somebody is just mad that he's doing something. It's like, yo, like you're supposed to give back. Like I feel like celebrities can't win, yo. Because if you don't give back, you will sell. If you do give back, niggas mess with what you do. You can't yeah, that's why I think giving back. I feel like the giving back is is like. Fuck that now, you know what I mean? Because it's like, like you said, you can't, can't look, you can't win, you know. That's, that's so a bunch of jealous, jealous motherfuckers want to burn your shit because of your success. Like, why did I even do this in the first place? You know, that's crazy. Yeah, that's wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving back to my mommy and my dad. Right. <laughs> Facts. Thing too, like I was watching a live with a couple people that are in the Baltimore scene, and they basically were debating about why um, Los doesn't give back. And they were like, they feel like people in the city feel like he <coughs> where he came from. And somebody else was like, maybe he does remember, and that's why he doesn't give back. Right. Huh. Right. And it's like he's trying to get out of that shit in the first place. 
like, like a lot of people feel that he's arrogant, and a lot of people feel that he Tons. became Hollywood once he got with Diddy. You feel me? Like, like I grew up in an area that's not far from the area that Los is from, and when I was growing up, Los couldn't come back to where he was from. You feel me? So, so it was a situation where a lot of people felt like he got Hollywood. And I, I can't attest to it because I don't know him personally, but that's just the general thing. He was in a situation where he can't come back to where he was from with, without his life being in danger. How do you yeah. expect him to give back to an environment like that? No, for real. Like, bro, like I used to get my hair cut at a barbershop that was in his old neighborhood. And they was basically like, I was like, yo, I rap. And they were like, okay, like we'll play your shit in the store. This, that, and the third. They was like, you know King Lowe's. So I was like, I don't know him personally, but I know who he is. They was like, well, he can't come in. You feel me? And then they explained the stipulations and what the issue was and shit like that. Like, it's just very unfortunate that that, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, somebody like that, he can't come here. Why don't you tell the, the police they can't come through? <laughs> or the store owner that comes in and treats the neighborhood like shit but won't hire anybody in the neighborhood to work in the store. Exactly. Y'all won't tell them they can't come through. That's, in the words of Chief Keith, that's the shit I don't like. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I could have predicted that that would have happened. And given that, could be looked different, you know, like. I hate to say this, but like maybe not buying houses in in that particular neighborhood. Maybe buy houses in like a because that's like that's an abandoned neighborhood. So that's not even like working class people. But what if you bought houses in in like a middle class neighborhood and then you had some type of deal with working class people to either rent to them or have a rent to own? program so that working class people could afford to live in a middle class neighborhood. Something like that. You know what I mean? If only if only it was that simple, right? It seems that way. It always seems that way when it comes to that shit. It's like charity and like giving back and when celebrities do like give back, you're totally right. It's just it's like you're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because if 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 Again, if it's if it wasn't a different part of the city, or or if it was this or that, it's like it's still like it's not like it wasn't going to work e- either way. I feel like you know what I mean. That sounds kind of shitty to say, but it's also like like you said, uh, Jay Powell. It's like wh- like why 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 would I? Because shit like that happens. It's like look, look at all the time right. and effort and money that was invested in that too. It's like it, that, he didn't just snap his fingers and that shit would that shit happened. It's like you had to like hire companies and like contractors and you know you had to get papers signed and things had to get get shipped and and made and and crafted and built and you know what i mean it's like people worked worked to make that happen and then to see that happen is like jesus christ like what the fuck is wrong with people because it's like, not like no i agree because it's not like he's like yo i'm gonna build a stadium you know what i mean because i know like yeah. there's a long history of of stadiums yeah. like impoverishing neighborhoods like he's trying to do something positive you know exactly something like real like yeah genuinely positive like dude like i'm trying to fucking like help people 
Like, why would you? Why would you fucking that up? Like, why would people do that? Well, see, I think this is this is another thing that I I have to consider as well. Like, so in Baltimore, a lot of our houses, a lot of the houses there, I should say, have like they are like brownstone quality. So you know how like in Philadelphia they have like those brownstone houses. Uh huh. And and. Like New York and Brooklyn, how they have Boston's like Boston's the same way too. Boston has a lot of that history too. The proper old ass houses, yeah. The, and they have like marble steps. And then back in the day, they used to have a lot of those houses used to have the stained glass too. But people started stealing the stained glass out of the out of the different houses because it's worth money. Even in tanks, even though a lot of those properties are abandoned, they'll go in there and steal the plumbing. You know the, the metal from the plane, and, and you sell it for scrap metal to get a few dollars. And that's you know look about how much that type of stuff costs to get right. So I think that um I forgot my original point, but I, I say all of that to say that the the neighborhoods don't inherently have to look bad, like because you have neighborhoods that have marble steps. They have stained glass. Like they don't have to inherently look bad. They just need to be updated. And if we were to stop, like throwing trash on the ground, stop making the neighborhoods hoods, the places really wouldn't look that bad. They really would not look that bad. Yeah. Like if you go back to like the forties, fifties, and sixties, and you look at some of these neighborhoods, they didn't look that bad back then. People, <laughs> hell no, they didn't. They used like when I was younger, when we had our black our black parties on the twenty six hundred block of Harlem Avenue, we would actually clean up the block. People would wash their steps, those white steps. People would wash we wash our steps. Like, that. like people would, would would put that kind of care into into their homes. Like those neighborhoods to me don't instinctively look like trash. Now there are some places in, in East Baltimore that are really fucked up. But at least the spots in what a lot a lot of the spots in West Baltimore, they need some work now because it's a lot of the houses are hundred years old and plus. But I just don't think that the, the neighborhoods inherently look bad. I think people put a lot of effort into fucking those neighborhoods up. You know? Yeah. I mean <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation too. That rabbit hole goes deep with fucking we all know fucking um gentrification, obviously, and fucking redlining. And my hometown, Kansas City, is the perfect example of that. And I've told you guys about a book you guys should go check out called King of Kings County. And it basically like explains how Kansas City was like built through like redlining essentially, like I told you this before, too, where I grew up, there's like uh, an area that was still developing when I was a kid. And that's the area that's talked about in the book. And it's actually one of the richest counties in America. It's Prairie Village, like like Shawnee Mission, Mission Hills, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And that's where they talk about in the book, too, is like um, the Truman, the famous Harry S. Truman Highway goes right through Kansas City through, you know, and they that's basically like the separating line of like the black community and the white community essentially like and then that area that county that's like one of the richest counties in america is like where they built all the rich tycoons that essentially like bought all that land 
and and like basically gave it to all the rich white families and that's where they all still stay now it's like these big ass gated communities full of rich white people that drive cadillac suburbans and you know what i mean it's like it's it's clear as day like you go to that you go to that part and literally you drive i'm not even shitting you dude like 10 or 15 minutes east past the highway and it, it is fucking like yeah it's like abandoned houses fucking like you know all that shit it's like it's 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 clear as day and yeah so that's that's another big part of it too so like maybe where the area that you're talking about where the guy built all those houses is like that might yeah maybe it wasn't like the best area i mean i, I don't know because i don't know the city but from what you guys are telling me it sounds like it's not like a very fluent a fluent part of the city you know were abandoned so there were squatters in the houses and most likely they're the ones that caused the fires but what i'm saying is like instead of huh more than likely that's what happened yeah exactly and that's and it's been happening all over the city because there's so many abandoned houses. think about detroit right this is another perfect example and y'all have houses that look like like Detroit over in the garrison area. So if you look if you look at uh, Detroit homes, look at how beautiful those homes are naturally. You see what I'm saying? Like they are big ass houses. Some of those are probably like mini mansions. Mm-hmm. And look at how it's been completely deserted and boarded up and just run down. Mm-hmm. I think that that comes from the drugs in the community, people not taking care of, of their shit. Like, I think it's a, I think that the neighborhood is a, in a way, is a reflection of the people that live there. Yeah, it is. And and, and again, it's, it's it's every city's that way too. Like, you know, like I said, I'm 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 half white and I'm half Mexican. So like my Mexican cousins, a, a lot of them stay on what is back home in my hometown is we we call the West Side. The West Side is where all the Mexicans are, and it's not like that's just that's just a part of the city that's what i mean and like you go you go east and that's where a lot of the black community is and it's just kind of there there are certain pockets and cities and and it's i feel like especially in cities that are like kansas city or like detroit chicago that are red line cities you know where cities are purposefully divided you know that's kind of like that's where you get into those politics of like okay well you know, you're right, because back in the day, uh, I'll tell you what, what I was just talking about in that book, too, it mentions is there's a, a Paseo. It's, it's called the Paseo, Paseo Boulevard in Kansas City. It's one of the most famous Paseos in America again. And that's actually that Paseo is where there were very rich, like very fluent black families back in like the 40s and 50s and 60s. And then we all know, like through the 70s and 80s, like you know, CIA pumping that fucking crack cocaine through and shit got fucked up. Like that's, that's like, that's clear as day. We all know that. So I feel like every, every city kind of got fucked in different ways. in that sense of like, you know, like, I mean, it it was a fucking wave through the eighties. I mean, like, and I mean, where I grew up, I mean, I grew up kind of like, you know, I was poor to middle-class family. Like, you know, my, my dad, was just a working dad and my mom stayed home with us. Like my dad was just a working, the definition of like an American working class guy. Like my, my grandparents are from Mexico, like immigrated to um, Colorado. And that's where a lot of my dad's family is, is Colorado. A lot of Mexicans are in Colorado, you know, and, and the, around those, those Southwest States, you know? So like, 
again, you know, there's there's so many different oh, coalitions. Territory, but that's another story. <laughs> What's up? I say originally Mexican territory, but that's another story. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Originally Native American territory. I mean, that's a whole other story. I mean, come on, man. The rabbit hole goes deep. <laughs> but we're all we're all very sharp people in here, so you know. I think that I, I have to take that into consideration in terms of how rocked Baltimore, no pun intended, Baltimore, Atlanta, Detroit look from as an extension of what went on in the 80s. But we really have to find a solution to that because I don't think that these cities, especially like, man, if I could buy a block in Detroit and just like fix it up, you know, like, oh yeah. my gosh, like, goodness gracious, like, this is like some prime real estate. And I guess that's what, what Tank had in his mind. And like, I could I could buy this whole block and fix this thing up and make it look nice and, and all of the potential that's there. But in order to do that, we have to like clean out, not just the neighborhood, we have to clean out the people so that you don't have people squatting in houses and all that kind of stuff that is happening. You know what I mean, because that's probably what's happening in those in those Detroit houses too. You know, those neighborhoods are just fucked, and I, I guess it's because the people are fucked, and it's just reflecting what's going on inside these people's minds and and whatever. I think a lot of it too is um, a lack of resources. You know what I mean? So, like with what Tank was doing, I'm giving you the resources. I'm giving you the opportunity for this. And, you know, obviously a different situation with, you know, whoever burnt it. But I think sometimes, you know, when we see these people in impoverished areas, like sometimes they're just in their disposition and they don't really get support from the city or the government. A lot of them are veterans and they got fucked over. The VA didn't do shit, you know. So I think it's a mixed bag where not all those people are bad. They're just in a fucked up situation and then they're lacked resources. You know what I mean? They're just put in that box. Yep. Yeah. And, and when you run, when you see a lot of these people like, oh man, because here in Atlanta, this is a problem that will break your heart here. And, and two major Atlanta, uh, like in Atlanta itself, huge tent cities, man. I'm talking about blocks and blocks of homeless people. And then in DeKalb County, um, I just reading someone, it's not even like a news story. It was just a posting, a person posting um, on the next door app. And they were talking about, they were just driving through DeKalb County at three in the morning and just which on this particular block, it goes on for miles. And for these miles, they were seeing people sleeping on benches, all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? And it's cold out. You know, and that Atlanta has been had a homeless problem. Even when the Olympics came here in 96, they just bust all of the, I mean, this is crazy, to just clean up the image of the city. They just bust all of the homeless people out to, uh, like, more rural areas. Well, that's what they just did for, uh, just recently in San Francisco, didn't they? I could believe it. I could believe it. I think it was for Biden. That's just crazy. You they, know what I mean? they 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 kicked out all the and by the way, Tent City crazy. I know I know Jarrell. Uh, have you? I know you don't. You probably just don't go. But and I don't know how far San Francisco is from you. But I know you know about the homeless 
like zombie apocalypse in San Francisco right now. Oh, like, San Francisco, LA, but yeah, San Francisco is a fucking like, LA insane. dude has been had a problem for years and years and years. But dude, he, even here in my city where I'm where I'm at now, there there's there's a little tent area. It's huge, and there's just people, just people, just hey, just just you know. And again, like you said, Jarrell, like we don't know. Like there's a lot of yeah, there might be a lot of vets in there. There might be a lot of other types, you know what I mean? Like we, we just don't know, but it's still fucked up. And you know, I mean, again, another problem as a part of those cities, it's like that, you know, yeah, another, another big issue that a lot of cities face. Right. Right. But San Francisco. Yeah. That I know they've, they've been like they, that, that I know that problem has been on the rise like crazy crazy as of recently too and i don't know what it is but and also the fact that like san francisco the last year or two i think surpassed new york and being the most expensive city to live in too which is ironic because you have that and then you also have uh the biggest homeless problem also in america at the same time so you're holding these two titles like i don't know how that's even possible yeah oh yeah capitalism that's that's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, man, and I, I don't really understand why San Francisco was just that expensive. It's never really made sense to me. Like you were just talking about with the buildings and stuff. Oh, I think that's part of it too, man. Like, uh, I mean, even the coastal cities too, like that, also have a lot of history as well. You know, I mean. Um, so I think a lot, of, a lot of San Francisco. Like I, I've only been there once. My 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 wife actually lived there for a few years uh, when she was in her twenties, but um, obviously changed a whole lot in the last twenty years. But um, uh, a lot of the the buildings and architecture, L, are like uh, very, like it's super like close together. Like it's um. You know, I don't know if you've seen like a lot of I'm sure in a lot of a lot of movies too, like famous the famous scenes of like the trolleys going up and down those huge hills, you know? Yeah. And you know, the, the bright colored houses like stacked next to each other, you know, like no 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 uh no backyards, no side yards, none of that shit. You know what I mean? Just real close to each other. Um Boston actually is kind of like that too in certain pockets. It's real like stacked on each other, you know, like no one has a backyard to play in. Um but they're like, but they're full blown houses though, and they're like, they're huge. You know, they may not have like the stained glass and the and the uh, the marble, but they're but they're super like uh, coastal looking. You know, like not beach housey looking, but like yeah, very, I know Jarrell. You know what I, you know what I mean, Jarrell. Like Jarrell lives there. He, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I've, been the, up, I've been up to Boston. Boston is very expensive. I almost almost moved up there at one point. Boston is very expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. Yeah, I, I lived there for a few years, but yeah, it's a, yeah, it definitely is. Not as expensive as fucking San Francisco, though. I call Because a, a haircut in San Francisco is like $150 for like, just get your head shaved. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I call Boston the south or the north as well, because I, I, I feel like there's a racial thing with, well... Oh, here. Boston definitely has oh, no, a divide definitely. as well, too. Just another city like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I call this off of the north. I remember I was uh I was dating this chick and um I went up to Boston and we we hit up this jazz club and it was like 
it was it was all white. It was all white. And then when we walked in, it was almost like the music had stopped. Like, <laughs> and, and that's crazy because jazz is black music. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Man, we walked right about that joint, man. It was like a movie. We walked right about that joint. We didn't even have to like sit and talk about it. Like, oh, let's check it out. We just looked at each other and like telepathically we knew it was yeah. time to go. You know what I mean? And she's from Boston, so I, I, I was following her lead too. Like, oh, no. Nah. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> yeah. I think Bill Burr literally said Boston's like a race to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, and Bill Burr's from Boston, so he right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. No, my uh, my yeah. So my my wife's not from like the city, like right in the city, Boston. She's right outside of it, a little town outside of Boston. But a lot of her family is from Boston. So you know, I me being especially me being from uh kc is like you know uh they're they're huge patriots fans here so like you know i'm not the biggest chiefs fan like i i love my chiefs but i'm not like i'm not the avid guy that wears the jersey and is like the nut you know about it but they it's funny because she has like a handful of people like that in her family and um i mean we, we i mean now it's like we it's funny we joke about it but it's still like you know, it's funny because they, they have like this, like, you know, attitude about it still. And it's just kind of funny because I've always seen myself as like kind of still the outsider in that sense of like, you know, it, again, it's just, it's just the, like, I feel like there's a attitude of it that isn't always directly tied to necessarily race, but maybe family more so than anything. I feel like, like the vibe is definitely more like inclusive. And that's again, me only I like I lived in I lived in Boston for a few years. My wife's from there. Like the only Bostonians that I know really are her family, her extended family, like her aunts and uncles and cousins and shit. But like I don't as far as my basic interactions with the with the Bostonians over those few years, um, I mean, yeah, there's definitely like a Again, there's a divide in certain parts of the city. Absolutely. There's, again, there's this like idea of the inclusiveness of things. And I, I, I use that word because I feel like, again, a lot of cities kind of have this like inclusiveness to them in certain areas. I mean, you could say that about a lot of different areas and a lot of different cities. Like we were just talking about San Francisco. Uh, you want to talk about the homeless problem there. So, like, for example, back, you know, you have uh, the famous uh, the famous uh, Hayden Ashbury, right? You guys know about the famous corner Hayden Ashbury. That's where, you know, Jerry Garcia, Jimi Hendrix, you know, Janis Joplin, like the Beatles, like uh, uh, the Rolling Stones. Everyone was around that San Francisco area there. So people would actually move there to be homeless. People would move there back in the day because you could you could you could do that you could like you could live that like quote unquote hippie-ish lifestyle back then but now people do it and it's a, it's it's they do it for different reasons now it's not the, it's not the same at all anymore and the problem is not the same as it was 50 60 years ago you know so i don't know i mean every city has grown into its own skin 
in different ways. And I feel like Boston is another city that hasn't like perhaps changed or adapted in its skin over the years, maybe in certain ways. And maybe those ways do have to do with, again, like the inclusiveness of things and keeping people out of things. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's a lot that's of what the American mindset is like. Definitely. That idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a little bit of both, I think. Yeah. So, like, after coming here to Atlanta and seeing, like, it's like the white people here are either, they just straightforward. They either fuck with you or they don't fuck with you. And I like my I like my wolves to be wolves and my foxes to be foxes. And then also there's a lot of black people here that do business. And then a lot of them do business with like it's an integrated town, but it's 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 like a lot of black people too. And it's not like it's just black people and we don't do business with white people. Like there's obviously white people here as well. But there's a lot of like there's a, just a lot of black businesses. I mean, at, at one time when I first moved here, I could go in in, the, in my small city. I go get something to eat. It's a black-owned restaurant. Of course, I go get my haircut. It's a barbershop. My mechanic, like everything. Like, there's a lot of people that is just kind of doing their own thing. And uh, I felt really grateful for that. Like over over living in Boston, I was like, oh man, I might have I might have really moved to a better city. Plus. Wifey lived here, and it was better than the chick in Boston, too, because that chick was on some other shit. But that's a whole different story. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm really glad I didn't move to Boston. Yeah, it's it's not, it, again, It's I feel like it's, an, it's another one of those cities that's like, if the shoe fits, it's not, not everyone can adapt to it. It's like, it's like another, like, New, like New York or something, you know? Not everyone can move to New York and live there. That was on my it's list. Just, it's Happy. just a city that just yeah you gotta you gotta have you gotta have some pretty tough skin i'll say that and i think maybe my resilience is in part of just the way i was raised and being in such a huge family like the youngest of so many brothers and sisters that maybe i just you know over the years just grew the walrus skin and just became tough in that way and just like let it you know not bother me in that sense but like I also met some really cool people there, you know, and a couple of them I still talk to, and I, I don't I don't look at it as necessarily the the bit like you know I just bigger picture, and there are assholes there are in every city every city that I've ever lived in or, or been through I've always encountered one asshole or another it's just the way it is regardless of what race they are but I don't like I, again it's just more or less like that's kind of how I'm. My my gauge, my meter is more or less just like that. If you're an asshole or if you're just, if you're cool. I don't like, uh, that's just the way that I function at this point in my life is like, if we, if we, if we connect, we do. If we don't, we don't. I don't force the connection. If it goes, I let it. If it comes, I let it. Yeah. New York, I think gets, it gets too, too much of a reputation for asshole because a lot of the people that I met in New York were good people. I really yeah. wanted to live in New York. Yeah. I think. York's problem is just probably like cost of living and shit like that. But in terms of people, they have a lot of people that live on top of each other and, and that can kind of make whatever. But I, I think New York gets a, um, it gets a bad reputation. I think the people are, are, are better than they're given credit for. 
what do you think about like the, what do you think about like the gatekeeping as far as like um you know like a lot of artists there's a lot of artists that had to move out of New York to be successful because nobody wanted to work with anybody else for like a higher purpose of like success you know what I mean so like there's a lot, a lot the inclusive the inclusivity I'm telling you man it's it's real in all forms it get really clicky and it can it can come about it can become about who you fucking and all that other kind of stuff. Like especially in the music industry where you think about somebody like an AZ and why isn't AZ as successful as as Nas, as as talented as an AZ is. Um or let's just say a uh, AZ versus Ja or something like that. Like AZ is extremely more talented than a Ja Rule. And why is this person successful and this person not? Well Ja Rule is clinked in is clicked in with Irv Gotti and Queens and that whole street team, whereas AZ being from Brooklyn, but he's cool with all these guys from Queens, so technically he don't have the same movement back in him as like, you know, so it's, it becomes a weird thing. It becomes about who you running with and who you screwing and who's who's putting money behind you and, and that whole thing. But the same stuff happens out in Hollywood, so it just depends on the, on the town. So, like, let's say in the instance of 50 Cent, he got blackballed in New York because of just the, the people we were just talking about with Irv Gotti, Supreme Murder, Inc. He got blackballed and his career wasn't working for him. So what actually worked is when he went out to L.A. and he got signed by Dr. Dre and Eminem and Interscope and his career took off because he, he moved from dealing with one clique to dealing with another. But it's still the same politics, though, because now... He has them fucking. He he has the machine behind him, and eventually that machine got from behind him. Pause, and um, you see this. <laughs> he had to go a different way out of the music industry and into movies or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's it's like that. It's, I don't think that that's just a New York thing, even though it happens in New York a lot with the music industry. I think it's just. It's just the way. It's just that at that time the music industry was in New York, and now they have, they feel on ostracized because everything is down here. It's in Atlanta, and it's about who you know down here that's going to put you on in terms of if you want to be signed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I think just in general, from like maybe not a signing perspective, but just a uh, just like artists collaborating. Like you know, I've talked to a few people that live out there, and you know, a lot of people they just don't everybody's competing with everybody. Nobody wants to collaborate with you in New York because everybody wants to be better. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, you got to think New York is the only city that ever had a, a internal beef like that and rap for the king of the city. You know what I mean? Like where in the nineties you had these guys battling like Nas and Biggie sending subliminals at each other. One life, one love, that can only be one king. And and Biggie is sending subliminals back. And right on the top with short like leprechauns as I quest so-called willies, thugs, and rapidons. Getting that ass quick, fast like Ramadan. It's just crazy. Anyway, they sending, they sending messages back and forth to each other about who's the king of New York. And, you know, it's like, even when... <laughs> To me, that king of New York shit, the king of whatever is fucking like, just so played out. It is, it is. But what I'm saying is, you don't see too many other cities where 
you have just all they're of like these, i'm the king of los angeles i'm the king of whatever yeah. <laughs> each other about who's the king of this one city and can, like one of Nas's regrets is that as close as him and Biggie was, the last time he saw Biggie in the mall in LA, he didn't speak to him. Not because they had any real beef, it's just because the tension was over this music shit, and it's just like, I'm too proud to go over there and speak to this nigga because I'm the Don now. You know what I mean? Like, but you crazy. know, how dumb, I'm sorry, but you know how ignorant that shit <laughs> to me sounds. I'm sorry, I don't care how big or great a lot of these artists think they are. I've told you guys that the, the metaphors that they they're in the same cafeteria as us. No, I mean I agree with you. I think that this is a regret in Nas's that he has regret about it, and I'm sure if he would have went over and spoke to Biggie, they probably would have just fell out laughing about the Pro- line. They probably exactly. They probably would have got along. They yeah, they did get along, but they were just sending these these lines that you know. I think Biggie had been hitting Nas to congratulate him on the success of his second album. But Nas had been kind of egging his calls for whatever reason. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of stuff going on. People just wanting to be that guy in the top spot. Are they going to remember it in 300 years? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't know. The, the people that get re- remembered in, in like 300 years later are people that are political and religious. The figures. one... The ones who get remembered are the ones who just like make good music and just stay the like stay the fuck out of everyone else's lives. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just yeah. I'm gonna come out and say it because I I'm so sick of like all the all that shit. I'm just like I I don't know. Rick Rick Rubin really turned me through a loop that last little interview and book. He like I don't know. And I've been watching Whiplash like crazy. I'm just like, I just want to do, do my own thing and yeah, just like yeah. not worry about what anyone else is like thinking about me or doing with their music. You yeah. know what I mean? Like how much greater would those guys have been just as people if they would have just swallowed their fucking like high horse shit? Like I'm the, I'm the best at this. Like good for you. But not in everyone's eyes. I agree. The the pride is just just out of control. But that's a part of the swag of being the best at it. And I look at it like, hey, we can all be kings. We can all be whatever. I think, honestly, I think that's the way that Biggie looked at it. Mm -hmm. I think that the other cats kind of saw... I I will say this, though. All right. So, all right. See, I can say that, but then say, all right, You then you can make the argument and say, well, what if Michael Jordan thought that way? Or what if I don't think that Biggie ever... You know what I mean? You can still be really, 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 really good at something, but not, like, be... But wear that crown of, like... But wear the king's crown. I think that Nas saw other MCs as a threat. I don't think that Biggie ever saw anybody as a threat. As good as he thought Jay-Z was, he's willing to do song... Like, the only reason we don't have a Nas and AZ album... Allegedly, oh is because Nas saw AZ as a threat to keep doing songs and songs and songs and songs. Do like you think whole- that he still sees him as a threat? Because I, I follow it. I, I follow uh, AZ and uh, uh, Cormega's another one. Cormega, like, 
praises Nas uh, like on his page all the time, gives him credit like all the time, you know, like. But remember, there was years and years and years in which they didn't speak. And why weren't, why, I don't think that Nas ever necessarily saw Cormega as a threat, but you do have to remember that there was a time in Queensbridge where Cormega was looked at as the Queen, Queensbridge guy. But no doubt, everybody from Queensbridge, Cormega, Nori's not from Queensbridge, he's from Left Rack, but still anybody from Queens, all, even 50 Cent, every, all of them acknowledge Nas as the best guy. But I still think, um, there's a, what's this guy's name? I cannot remember his, his name, but he did an interview about this. He was a young up-and-coming rapper, and basically he says that Nas blackballed him. Um, oh, it's, it's not Chi Ali. What's this guy's name? Oh my gosh! I, I'll what give his name. D one. No kidding. <laughs> What'd you say? Um, but basically, he said that Nas blackballed him out of fear of his pin game. And I believe, like, I believe that Nas is one of the best to ever do it. I'm amazed that he's still writing and rapping the way that he he is at this late stages of the game, where people like Buster Rhymes are even putting out albums that people aren't fucking with. I can't say I don't fuck with the album because I haven't heard it, but I've heard several people say that that album was ass, but I didn't hear it, so I don't have an opinion on it, but I just feel like, yeah, Nas is an incredible talent, but I think he had insecurities, and I think Biggie did not have insecurities. I just feel like he was, he he did think he was the best, but he wouldn't, he would send, he would give you a shout out, like, I don't think that any any rapper has shouted out more um, more rappers than Biggie. I think Biggie shot out per capita, like per his ROMs. I think he shouted out more rappers than anybody else. You know what I mean? Like he shot out Heavy D. He shot like he just shot out everybody. You know what I mean, like he's always, you know, like even in the the All About a Benjamin song, he's like, yeah, I'm knocking May shit. Like this is not like his label mate. Like he's shot like he's always just shouting out people. Yeah. I remember that that one song uh Tupac did where he did nothing but shout out because uh, I think the name of the song is Old School. Yeah, old school. Yeah, that's on the um that's on, the world. Yeah, that's one of my I love that song. That's a good song. I think that was produced on the SP twelve hundred, by the way. Oh, you motherfucker! I'm getting off in a few minutes. I told myself ten o'clock, but the conversation was so good. I was like ten thirty. I got to work on this fucking music. It's been good. That's Mo funny. That that was produced on the SP, motherfucker. Yeah, and right. I love that beat. Most of Me Against the World and Ready to Die were produced by Easy Mo B. So I need to dig into Easy Mo B more. Definitely. So he uses exclusively the SP twelve hundred. So right, yeah. The song Temptations by uh, Tupac. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. 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 Quit That's teasing it. me, okay? Because I'm going to go research his ass. <laughs> I'm going to see what else he's got because I know he's probably produced a lot of fucking shit, hasn't he? Yeah, he actually produced for Miles Davis, too. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Damn. Yeah, that video I saw of him was just really, really, really cool to watch it. He was just like, you know, I love seeing producers in their element and they're showing their gear and shit. It's just fucking awesome. I love it. But I think that Bryce was, like, that was that really cool to see that. I think Bryce is going to end up with that SP 1200. No, man. <laughs> well, 
My wife would, would not. I don't know. I don't know if she'd allow that. <laughs> she, she might have to put her foot down on that one and be like, I don't know. We really got to talk about this one. <laughs> but baby, the music. <laughs> but, but baby, I love this fucking music. Come on. Oh, man. That's, that's steep, though, man. Five, even, I mean, I pay, like I said, the most most I pay for any gear is my live, and that was like $1,200. Yeah. And that's still a lot. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know, Jarrell, I know you know for sure. Oh. You, you're, you're a little gearhead. You got all your little guitar trinkets. I know those things are fucking cheap. Those nope. pedals and shit are like 50, 60 bucks a pop, probably, right? <laughs> I yeah. Bought, I, bought, well, I bought one for my nephew for Christmas last year, and I think I paid like 40 bucks for that, and it wasn't even like a whole, I had like a reverb switch and like something else, but it wasn't like a fancy one. Yeah, I've seen some of your shit. I'm like, Jesus, I know you're fucking bullseye. <laughs> it's an expensive hobby. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It's the best hobby we all know, but it definitely gets fucking expensive. So, yeah, Al, I don't know if I'd be able to fold five grand, though. I don't know if I can pull that one off. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to justify it, but, but it's amazed what these people have done. I uh, little I know. Gear greatness. Yeah, if I ever get into the stage of my career where I get to at least, even if I don't buy one, I get to at least like maybe have one for two weeks and like try it out to see if I would want to buy one. You know, there's an SP1200 app one for the iPad, and it works similar, but mm. it's, not, no, it's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the same thing. I'm definitely gonna. I'm. I'm gonna do the before the weekend. I'm gonna get the koala app and mess with that a little bit just for fun. Nice. If you can find the SP twelve hundred app, no, hey, no, that's too much. No, it's just gonna tease me. 